This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Furminger. I recently came across a demo on YouTube from a company that develops dubbing tools that quote unquote, preserve the speaker's voices and emotions across languages. To illustrate this point, they used a video of Leonardo DiCaprio addressing the United Nations. As Leo spoke about climate change, his voice changed to that of Robert Downey Jr., Steve Jobs, and Kim Kardashian. Or at least it changed to whatever the audio equivalent of the Uncanny Valley is called. The company in question is using this as a sales tool, but it terrified me to my core. The comments section was pretty evenly divided between people like me who saw the dangers inherent in this kind of tech and others who were absolutely psyched and eager to put it to use. And this kind of tech is already being put to use as I've heard repeatedly from local voice actors. In many ways, voice actors are the canaries in the proverbial coal mine, sounding the alarm about the ways that AI can be manipulated, not only to exploit audiences, but to exploit artists. It's already happening. Like Ursula and the Little Mermaid, artificial intelligence and the companies who wield it are stealing voices and doing their damnedest to push artists out of the equation something that my two guests today have experienced firsthand. Today I'm joined by professional voice actors and, I'm sure this is an even bigger deal for them, previous YVR Screen Scene podcast guests, Bill Newton and Jesse Inokaya. Bill is perhaps best known for voicing Loki in the Lego Marvel Avengers projects, and Jesse is beloved for his work as Soren on The Dragon Prince. Today, we're going to talk through the impact of AI on the entertainment industry in general and on voice actors in particular, and what both can tell us about how AI will impact all of our lives moving forward. Bill Newton, Jesse and Ocalia, welcome back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Many an honor. Wow. Okay. I got to sit with that for for a minute. You know what? I will deal with that in therapy. (laughs) Is the storm coming or is the storm already here? I I think the storm is here. Truly, the storm is here. I have seen uh, game directors that I follow on LinkedIn and that I'm friends with say that, you know, in their opinion, where we're at right now means that you know, thousands upon thousands of NPC voice lines in a video game that might be little one-offs or, you know, the little uh, tavern gossip you hear walking through the tavern in Diablo 4, those will all be replaced with AI because Mm. it's cheaper, more cost-effective and bring in, you know, 20 voice actors who can do however many voices for it. That robs those 20 voice actors of their first credit, which might be a SAG credit or it might be a UBCP credit. Mm. Um, And the lines are in their words, good enough. That feels like a stab to my heart. Boy, does it, yeah. It is, yeah. It yeah. is, it is the, the concept of good enough is something that I think uh, we all as artists are trying to fight against, rail against, because we're trying to always do the best work that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we hear that someone who is paying the bills for the art is fine with good enough, that's painful and mm. insulting, frankly. 
Um, and I think that that's where AI is, is that for a lot of people, it will get them good enough. And the storm is here, but I think, I think from what I've seen and what I understand of having done some research into, into AI, um, both text-based, voice-based uh, in general, is that the storm isn't quite as big as a lot of people mm. think that it is. Uh, I think that AI has its limits and I'm not really prepared to go to the chicken little doomsday thought that a lot of people do when they say, oh, it'll only get better. It'll only get better and it'll only be more destructive and perfect and everything like that. They've been saying that about tech forever and it's never perfect. And this really smacks of the same kind of people pushing crypto and NFTs. Yes, yes, that's exactly. Remember those? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a lot of the same people. There are a lot of people who see what AI can do and what they see is the ability to make money as a middle person. So they can jump in where nobody was necessary before and they can say, I can make you money. I can make me money, but I can make you money or save you money that I keep. And that's what Jesse was saying, where, you know, suddenly 20 of those, you know, folks in the background will be disappeared because they brought in an AI program. The person that keeps the money that would have gone to those voice actors is the production will save a little, and then whoever comes in with their magical AI tool will make some money. But I think at the end of the day, people still want things made by people. I heard something yesterday uh, where somebody literally said, if we don't get out in front of AI, in a year, there'll be no acting work. Yeah. And I don't want to say that's ridiculous, but it is a little bit, that's very melodramatic. That's overblown. Yeah. I don't think the technology will ever be there. There will always be uh, work that people want that is made by people. It's not to say that jobs won't be lost. There will be smaller pieces of work that would have gone to an actor that might've got them their credit to get them their union card. But I think that the scale of what people are are concerned about is not quite as massive as they think that it is. It's definitely a problem. It's definitely something we absolutely have to fight against because we can see how ravenous they are to to try to save a dollar anywhere. What I love about what you're saying too is that the the end user, Mm -hmm. the human, the human viewer, the human mm-hmm. listener, the human whatever, still has a role in the process. Very much. You so. know, like yeah. they Someone can actually has to buy what they're selling. Yeah. Right? The so. power is not completely with the money people, the people getting the money. It's also with the people, you know, giving the money to the streamers and stuff. So someone has to hand over the cash for anybody to make any money. Right. But in that same breath, I mean, we're seeing, we've just seen, uh, last year I believe it was, James Earl Jones sell over his voice rights to Disney Mm -hmm. for Darth Vader. Uh, Mark Hamill's been doing it for Luke Skywalker, for all of the Luke Skywalker stuff for The Mandalorian. It's, It's coming down to consumer choice, yes, very much so, but it's coming down to consumer choice and the consumers need to want, you know, not good enough. Mm. That's the thing, I think. Because we're seeing so much IP, especially driven by big studios, starting to really fall in line with like, hey, it's okay. It doesn't have to be the best thing in the world so long as it makes $200 billion. It's still the thing you love. It's still the thing you love. You like Harrison Ford. What if we just de-age him? What if we just clone him and make Indiana Jones movies forever, say? Or, um, you know, in the case of James Earl Jones, exactly this, he sold his voice rights specifically for Darth Vader. Mm. Disney can make Darth Vader shit in perpetuity for the rest of existence using his specific voice. Yeah. So, and that, I think the the, the difference, I, I guess, that we're sort of seeing, because that is definitely, a, you know, when we see the big stars doing mm-hmm. it, that becomes a lot more public and a lot more visible. I think that while I disagree with doing that, um, that is going to be James's and Mark's choice Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Again, I'm not in favor of that. I don't think that we should be exploring, personally, my thoughts. I don't think we should be exploring the, okay, let's just do it, but figure out how to make the money from it. For mm-hmm. sure. Because that's a very quick way for, you know, the top 50 people in the industry to make a shitload of cash and everybody else to be mostly out of work. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny too with that? Uh, I have students who've come to me 
from you know training programs and such who are saying that they're being approached by people not from the school but kind of associated with and around in the business of asking them to clone their voices wow and okay. these are these are fresh brand new people who are being offered you know five to six grand or whatever and maybe they'll make you know 75 cents on a dollar that's whatever they're gonna make big money when it's you're just starting it's a lot out of money when you're just yeah. starting out that's huge any for any like it's five true. six thousand dollars that's a ton of money that's yeah. a lot well i just uh, said that though because that well, like it, it cuts the income potential right? it does of course yeah. massively so and it's, it's five or six and then they don't need you anymore. yeah ever again <laughs> yeah you will never go into work for them again and the fact that like a lot of these people a lot of these studios now i'm learning are preying on new graduates or on new new green people to the industry i think is despicable like not just new graduates i was approached by ea that's fair that's um. fair i was approached by ea because i knew someone who knew someone at ea and they were looking for voice actors probably a lot of students and this person said oh i know a voice actor innocently thinking like oh this might be some like cool might be a gig or, yeah, yeah might be a gig for my friend we love it and so they got in touch and it was about 30 seconds into the conversation with this person from EA where they were like, hey, look, we're building a voice replacement model and we really need professionals to stress test it. And I was immediately upset. <laughs> so, said, well, my stress level is high now, yeah, so. <laughs> let me just check with my union because I'm a union man. So I'll check with my union. And I had a good chuckle uh, with the folks over there and then got back and said, oh, so sorry, can't do it. Yeah, no, EA's not even a signatory uh, to union work, so couldn't do it even if I wanted to, which I definitely don't, so. Yeah. They're approaching people to build these models. For sure. I think I think we're in, another thing that uh, we need to, to sort of combat a little bit, again, is the, the doomsday thought, because a lot of talk on social media, and it is, again, it's negative, we don't want this to happen. In the union space, and this is talking from a, a point of privilege because we're in the union, we have a union that protects us. Yeah. So there are already built into our agreements likeness use rights. Yeah. They can't use us professionally, big companies, they can't use us in any capacity currently without going through the proper channels. Now, I'm sure they're looking for loopholes, or they can, and they will definitely want to broach the subject next round of negotiations. But I think what is dangerously happening to most people is that in the non-union space, there are no protections. Like That's that. the thing. Mm. You, you can you can sort of put a little rider in your contract and go like, hey, don't do this. But at the end of the day, if they break that rider with you as a non-union person, are you going to sue EA? Do you have that kind of checkbook? Mm. Yeah. Because that's where the danger is, is that there are a lot of people in the non-union space who are good and are ready to work when the work is there. Yeah. And so, again, $6,000 when they're normally getting a couple of hundred per gig, $6,000 is huge. Suddenly it's like, oh my God, I'm going to be the voice of And they of know what they're doing. Like Siri. those companies know exactly, exactly. what they're doing. Yeah. I'm going to be the voice of Siri. I'm going to be the new TikTok filter. Like I'm going to be these voices. It's going to be me. And it'll you'll never see another penny. No. <sighs> and like good luck trying to market that effectively. Oh, you can already hear and use my voice on a thing. But, 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 but still hire me for yeah. another thing. So I, I mentioned that the two of you have both experienced this. Jesse, yes. can you talk a little bit about your your experience discovering that your voice had been yeah. scraped oh, and boy. was available online? Oh, <laughs> I was not thrilled. Um, yeah, I, I had kind of been uh, tracking this kind of going on. I'm a little paranoid. It's just what I do. And I got really like... I got really nervous about the fact that, you know, my voice might be cloned, especially because Dragon Prince is huge. Turns out it wasn't Dragon Prince that got me scraped. It was My Little Pony, uh. where I had one character for one episode and they had a full, like, library. Like, they had me. They had my voice cloned as that character. From one character, From one, one episode. character, one episode. That voice specifically uh, on a fan... A fan archive called UberDuck, I believe it was, UberDuck.ai. Fan archive that you have to pay for. That you got to pay for. You got to so pay for access for. So that's uh, the thing. It's not just like, oh, anybody can use it. Good fun times, <clears throat> like happy, happy. It's license this. Yeah. Pay me money yeah. for a thing I didn't make. Yeah. And so what, what who would go when you, and you, I, I feel so ignorant because I would never do this. Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, the people who ultimately would do this sort of thing, at least in my knowledge of it, are fans. 
Mm. You know, there are people that want to make their own My Little Pony uh, fan mm -hmm. videos. They're, they want to voice their fan fix or whatever. And like, I love fans. I love the fans very much. And to, to their credit, every fan that I've spoken to about literally this has been incredibly respectful about yeah. it. They've been like, hey, you know, I've even seen UberDuck, the website that, that fucking scraped my voice, everyone's voices from the show, issue a statement saying, please respect the voice actor's uh, wishes with regards to their thing. Now, well, at the little, same too time, little too late, of course. Well, well, at the same time, providing the service well, yeah. that doesn't super respect it. <laughs> it super like, doesn't. Hey, 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 I'm going to give you this, but yeah. be cool. All right, be cool. Yeah, be yeah. cool. Be, be, cool. Cool. be cool. But they have like a blacklist and a whitelist that I've been over. Sure. And like, you know. What do you mean? Blacklist, whitelist. So the blacklist is, you know, actors who said they don't want their voices scraped uh, or who don't want their voices used. They will pull stuff off of there. I mean, it's a fan thing. I think legally, too, if once Hasbro gets hold of it. Okay, there's no. Oh, they're done. They are done so. Yeah. But the whitelist is actors and performers who've said, yes, it's okay to clone my voice. And generally, like, there weren't a whole lot of names that I recognized on that list. There were yeah. a lot of streamers, a lot of, like, YouTube guys. But the one that really stood out to me was Dan Povenmire, who is the creator of Phineas and Ferb. What? Mm. And Milo Murphy's Law. And, like, uh, uh, he does all sorts of An stuff. An actual, like, Gretel. creator. A creator mm. who voices in his own stuff what? has straight up said, like, well, I guess it's going to happen, so you can use my doofenshmirtz voice. Like, I'm, I'm going out on the limb and, like, you know, uh, semi-apologies to Dan Povenmire, but that is a person in a position who will not be affected. Exactly. Like, created the show, I guarantee you the bulk of the money that Dan earns is from creating the show, not yeah. voicing the show. That's a nice extra check. Yeah. So this is sort of like going like, oh, my side hustle? Yeah, you can do what you want. It's fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'm still going to get opportunities to create, direct, write, work in projects. So this is sort of that thing where we're, like, we're looking at, there are going to be people like uh, James L. Jones or Mark Hamill or Dan Povenmire who are just like, all right, let's get ahead of this and license it. Yeah, because you have people beating the door down to license your voice. Yeah. Everyone else, but it's like so the 99.95% of everybody else. Of course, 100%. But everybody else below a certain point is not being approached yeah. to be like, oh, I really love specifically your voice in the specific thing that is this like, you know, global phenomenon. Not all of us have that. No. So it's it's watching people who are kind of ready to go like, yeah, you know what? Let's get ahead. Let's license it. Let's make sure it's done ethically and all this sort of stuff or yeah. whatever. But they are not affected by this. No. Like suddenly the work isn't going to dry up for Mark Hamill because they go like, ha ha, we got you, Luke. We scraped your voice for yeah. you know, Luke Skywalker and we put you in the Mandalorian. We don't need you at all anymore. That's not going to happen. No. Well, and, and it speaks to, you know, the, the disparity that exists both in SAG and in UBCP Actra, where truly the top like two, maybe, maybe 2% of membership are the ones in that protective bubble. Mm -hmm. Maybe 2%, probably much, much smaller than that. Whereas, you know, using 2%, 98% of actors are either not making a living off of acting or barely scraping by. I think the average... No, th this this figure Please. is a few years old. Yeah, but I think yeah. the average income for not voice actor, but for the membership was fifteen thousand uh, yeah. dollars, yeah, and then like the median. <laughs> yep. me I don't know math was like seven thousand. Whatever. I do those. Sure. Yeah, they yeah. Were, they no, were, that tracks. The they were. The yeah, yeah. They were not very great numbers. No. This is a very. No. This is a passion driven you, you industry. Will, you will. You will drop in and out of day jobs throughout a career. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you become lucky enough to. Be prepared enough when the roles come through and then you get those roles and suddenly you can maintain a full-time acting career that's the dream that's what we'd all love to do but also yeah almost everyone i know has like dropped in and out of day jobs. everyone i know even I like, the ones yeah. who are like the big actors yeah. you know they're like oh they're the most famous actor in town um they direct or they teach or they have to yeah. do something else be a yeah. yeah you yeah. have to you have to it be difficult hustling. to just do one thing in yeah. entertainment for sure. So it makes perfect sense that some, you know, a student fresh off the turnip truck takes six grand to get their voice cloned because that to them is, well, in Vancouver, two months rent maybe, but. <laughs> on a one bedroom. Yeah, on a one, yeah, on a studio. <laughs> like it, it makes perfect sense 
but it's also not future-proofing themselves, mm. you know? I, I very firmly believe, kind of like Bill was saying, that, you know, a lot of the people behind what we're seeing as the push for AI right now are the same folks who were pushing crypto two years ago and NFTs last year. Like, these are the same folk who, in a year, literally, I think a year, maybe two, we're going to see really heavy legislation drop down that's going to take the base right out of the market. Yeah. But people are trying to make their money right now. It's a gold rush. It's a gold rush. It's a gold rush on tech, which has happened multiple times yeah. in the last decade. And I think we need to take a little step back. Yes. And not miss the forest for the trees on yeah. this issue. And notice that it is a lot of the same people pushing so hard yeah. that they're just like, oh, I've developed this new thing. It's a competitor. I've seen, I genuinely can't think of the names because they're all like chat GPT and yeah, like, yeah. you know, Block Block Four and whatever whatever yeah. they're called. I love Block they Four. All, it, it's the best one. They all have a new version that is like the killer of the previous yeah. one, and this one does that, and this one's better than. Well, this. and they're all getting sued. <laughs> they all get sued. So, just like a snake oil salesperson, <laughs> they close up shop, change name, and then put up a new banner, and it's just like step right up. We're got back. A brand new yeah. AI replacement program. I and it's so strange. I feel weirdly reassured to hear that you're seeing them as snake oil salesmen because mm -hmm. these things they do have a have a shelf life yeah. you know as far as um yes the, the fraud really but i'm just concerned about the damage that they're gonna do oh huge damage oh, along just, the way. just yeah. like snake oil yeah that killed a lot of people yeah yeah killed a lot of people wait did is that true? Oh yeah, like snake oil was- That's like was, a historical thing, right? Yeah, they yeah, went yeah. and they so sold like snake, snake oil? So like snake oil salespeople is why they would go around from town to town because they would sell tonics with a bunch of stuff, usually more than a minute, and that would make you feel amazing because you were high as shit. But it also had a ton of other really bad stuff like arsenic and various other things, and it would often kill people. And by then, they're off to the next, next town. Jesse, is, are you concerned about how much Bill knows about snake oil? No. <laughs> the history of snake no, oil. That makes sense. I. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know, we kind of sell some snake oil ourselves. But the good kind, the good the kind good will kind. definitely cure you of all the damage. It's ago. good for you. It's. So I think that that's what the mostly is. Uh, now, again, I don't want to downplay the danger because no. I think the bigger danger is less uh, the middle people trying to, you know, con everybody. I think, and it's been shown with the WGA and the SAG negotiations or lack of negotiations, mm. is companies want this. Yes. So massive, multi-billion dollar global conglomerates want whatever they can get to cut out certain costs. Yeah. Like writers, ah, they're you know, glorified prima donnas. Let's just get rid of them. We don't need them anymore. And so that is why what has to happen first is we need to have our unions and our you know, our labor organizations put in protections, demands that they not be allowed to do that. Yeah. And then we have to have legislation. Because it if needs, you- I, No, mm -hmm. I completely agree. Cause it needs to also be treated as something that like is so taboo. Like, yes, as a, like if I'm pregnant, I'm not absolutely. gonna smoke, you know, mm -hmm. or I'm, like if I'm a makeup company, I'm not gonna be testing my stuff on, on little baby animals. Yeah, like, for you know, sure. I want AI to feel, yeah, like to people go like, oh, there was AI, oh, gross. Yeah. Gross, made with AI. And it happened on Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion, I was gonna say, the yeah. The new Marvel show, which- Oh, right. I was gonna say, right there, you forgot it existed. Yeah. It's a Marvel show. It should be the biggest thing everybody's talking about, yeah. but- they were immediately found out to have used AI. I think it was Mid Journey, or again, one of the yeah, yeah on the ones. opening uh, on the opening yeah. credits, and people tore it apart online. Yeah, like immediately, we're just like gross, boo, starring one of the biggest stars yeah. in entertainment today, Samuel L. Jackson, and I haven't seen a single person talk about it no. or say they've even watched it. No. So that is already a, like something that I think, and I think it's really working in the favor of the WGA and SAG because it is like. AI is poison for a lot of people who like to consume this stuff. Again, I don't like using consume because it should be like your know, art and consume. Enjoy, yeah, but, but they're enjoying it, but they are paying. They're paying their subscription fees. They're buying physical media when it exists, mm. but they are they are forking over their hard-earned cash. And if they say, ooh, gross AI, even in just the, the title sequence, yeah. I say just, but the, you know, we talk, we're talking about like face replacement. We're talking about voice replacement, things like that. This was, visual only, not voice, yeah. not performance, etc. Yeah. And again, that's not to downplay the, the theft of visual art, but 
all it was was the you know 90 seconds maybe less of the credit sequence and suddenly it was radioactive yeah i would say too with that in mind we saw that with the last season of mandalorian Yes, Luke People Skywalker did not shows like up. Luke. Luke, and they were like, he yeah. sounds weird. He sounds weird. We don't like it. Of course, you know, all the AI defenders are like, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. But immediately radioactive to people listening. I also love that people immediately knew something was up. Yeah. Before they even admitted that yeah. like, what they had done was re yeah. to replace yeah. to replace the voice. People were like, why does Luke sound so weird and robotic? Yeah. And it's because he was a robot. Can I tell you, I had a student in one of my classes, bring this up to me because I was talking about this. And she told me something that absolutely broke my heart about this tech. So this particular tech that they used for Luke uh, was developed by, I believe it was a Ukrainian firm making a software for people who had lost their voices. Oh. Like who had met, who were medically unable medically to speak. Medically unable to create speech. Yes. Right. And it was for them to recapture their voices. Oh. And to see it used to, you know, regurgitate the same shit that we have been force-fed by studios forever. And, you know, we are seeing... Humans like, cannot be trusted. Well, you know, there is that. The money people cannot be trusted. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. There it is. There it is. There it is. Because, like, we're seeing, uh, you know, in SAG, we're seeing all sorts of, you know, shit on backstage or actors access or whatever down there that is saying, you know... Uh, written by ChatGPT mm. coming into scripts. Like, mm -hmm. people are people are auditioning for this shit, or at least they're trying to get people to audition for this shit. Yeah. And the unfortunate nature of living under fucking death stage capitalism is that people need jobs. Yeah. And some... some yeah, there will, there will be people who... Yeah. It's the difference between, like, hey, look, I might get evicted. Yeah. Or I take this job that I know. I saw a video on TikTok, I believe, of a woman who took one of those jobs because they were like, I am leveraged to the eyeballs. Yeah. I'm in so much debt, and I'm about to get evicted. Yeah. But this job, they accepted me to, like, train this bot yeah. to effectively replace me when I'm done. But it will mean that I have rent for four months. Yeah. And, and, you know, four months is like, it's going to run the clock out a little longer. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, like, for all of the, the hope and the positivity, and there is some there, there are people like that that will have their jobs taken away, yeah. their jobs destroyed by it. Yeah. I think also... Um, Workaday actors like us. Yeah, I, I think know? it's also important to, to, like, AI as a concept. It's not AI either. Like, AI doesn't really exist it's not artificial intelligence it's various algorithms yes it's, it's you know it's machine learning yeah so but we'll call it ai for simplicity generative Gener synthesized generative, yeah, yeah. Generative so, well there's generative stuff. and then there's like adaptive and there's various things like that so like generative is where it'll take generative is, is the theft one that's where it will take yeah images sounds scrape that make something new from it yeah adaptive is the stuff that i think is a lot more actually beneficial to humanity yes so yes ai as we call it i think has really positive applications so like the business we're in talking to audio engineers there are so many tasks that are so laborious and so time consuming like getting rid of a little click getting rid of like a base level of noise etc that's all ai that's all various kind of algorithms and, and programs that have been developed to make life for humans easier yes. mm -hmm. and fundamentally this is what reminds me of this is a bit of a weird tangent but it reminds me of the industrial revolution mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that sorry i chuckled yep. because you have you brought up the snake oil yeah. salesman yeah. now we're yeah. going back to yeah. industrial revolution I did, I did study history you know. university, so i love it this is definitely my wheelhouse <laughs> The Industrial Revolution brought about automation, it brought about production lines and things like that. And initially it was sold as like, oh my goodness, the leisure time that we will be allowed. Exactly. The, the good that this will do for humanity. And there was a level of that, but for the most part, what happened was that various companies and you know capitalist uh, organizations came in and went, this is fantastic. I can fire all of you. And that's what we keep seeing. Every time there's yeah. a new tech, we have to be really careful and aware that that is immediately where they'll go. So unfortunately, the beautiful tech of helping people you know, with recordings who've lost their voice to be able to speak again in their voice, not a robot, not to, it's them, immediately bastardized and 
turns sour. Yeah. Like mm. immediately like, oh, oh, that's amazing. How, How do we, we make, make money, money off yeah. this? Yeah. That's really what yeah. we have to be careful of. Anytime there's new tech or any kind of like new amazing invention is you go like, okay, okay. How how can this be used essentially for evil? Yeah, and that's unfortunately where we are. Uh, I think that there's a lot of good that, a, that various applications of AI can do. Yeah, I think the question needs to be like, is this helping anybody? Like, actually helping anyone? Yes. Or is this just making saving? I would making money, and that's the problem. Is sure. That taking every piece of entertainment, art, whatever it is, and saying. Okay, but how do we just make money off it? Yeah. I think just destroys the point of art and creativity. I know it's show business, but boy, I'd like there to be a little more emphasis on the show part than the business part because it's being decades oh, yeah. of business and not a lot of show. Or artists being part of the process. Yeah, well, yeah. even something like... Um, I'd love an artist to make a decision at the top of a, a, a studio for the first I mean, time in incredible. 40 years. That'd be incredible. I mean, my, my thought on it is, you know... Look at uh, Spider-Verse, just came out. Absolutely brilliant. Heartbreaking, beautiful motion picture. Yeah. Every frame gorgeous. Every frame gorgeous. Some frames touched up by AI. Mm. Now, when this first dropped, I was I was on Twitter on the day. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually you on Twitter. Up, you get ready, you go, I was like, oh, <laughs> God, do I gotta cancel? What? Do I gotta cancel Chris Miller? Don't, don't make me do it. Don't make me don't make me kill my dogs. <laughs> but and you know, like it's it's a giant animated picture. Of course there's a whole lot of like exploitation of animators and artists on it. Mm -hmm. With the use of AI in it. What at least you know production crew were saying was that the AI was used to help clean a shot here or there, or mm -hmm. just make like transition life to be a little bit easier for the people working around it. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. I yeah. love the concept of you know using AI, using generative learning, whatever learning to machine make learning. machine learning. Yeah. Thank you to make life easier for artists. Yeah, to serve for creators. the artists and the art, but. At the very, very top, studio, exec level, a lot of those people see artists, writers, actors, whomever, as speed bumps to profit. Mm -hmm. They see- This business would be great if not for all the people involved. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this job just, would be great if not for all the fucking exactly, customers. Can't yeah. we just make the thing and make the money? Why yeah. do we have to have people make the thing? Boom. Which is why so much of what we see now is that you know, spoon-fed pablum we get. Yeah. It's just it's just good enough, you know? And that is what studio wants. They want good enough. They don't want brilliant, mind-bending, genius pictures. They want the stuff that's gonna play okay across the board to everybody. They want Budweiser. I mean, they want Budweiser. They want Budweiser. They want like, look, some people love Budweiser and that's fine. I'm not gonna like shit all over I don't know taste. I'm, not gonna, I'm okay. not gonna yuck anyone's yum, but Nobody could say that Budweiser is particularly interesting and like, you know, it's incredibly fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's just fine. It gets where you're going. It's, it's not too offensive to most palates, which is why it's so popular. And that's kind of the point is that it sells so much because there are so many people who just go like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I don't, I don't need yeah. it. There will be people who will sip an IPA or a stout or whatever and they'll go like, oh, too, too spicy. <laughs> whatever, like, whatever it is, they will go like, no, 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 that's too much. Sure. Too much. And there will be there will be niche markets for all those things. Yeah. But if you want to just capture the most money, rather than being a company that maybe goes like, "Hey, we really like making beer, and like we'd really like to make something interesting," so we do a funky like pineapple sour, and you go like, "Ooh, there's gonna be tons of except, right." I love pineapple, so there's gonna be a lot of people that go, "Ooh, gross pineapple! I hate pineapple." That's fine. It's not for you. It's not for you. But there are too many massive, massive groups that now own everything. Yeah. Not naming any names. I will. Disney. Yeah. But they now look at everything and go, okay, but how do we just get all of the money from everyone? Again, nobody is con content with sitting in whatever little kind of niche they've carved for themselves and making... Admittedly, Disney was never poor. No, Disney's, Disney's always, doing fine. Disney's always been doing fine. From for the over very 100 beginning. years. Yeah. They're great. Disney's doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, they could sell off some property if they needed to, but they don't, they buy more. So they were not content with whatever it was. It's the, this is a problem again, like we're gonna get 
into capitalism being the devil, which it is. It but is. what has happened to the entertainment industry is venture capital. The same yeah. venture capital that has gotten into tech that caused the dot-com boom and bust. And then they come in and they just go like, look, I don't know about your picture making. I don't know about your movies. I just need the return on what I gave you to be the most. Yeah. How much money can you Line make? Line go up. Line always Line go, go up. up. Forever, always up. Unsustainable, impossible. Yeah. Not how it works. They don't care. And so they'll do it until it crashes and burns, taking millions of jobs with it. And then they'll move on to the next thing, which is like, that's what happened to the dot-com boom. Yeah. And then real estate, which sort of is coming back with a vengeance in terms of like, you know, capital investment. But they're all looking for the next thing to be like, how do we go in, absolutely gut the thing of anything worth anything, yeah. and turn a modest profit and then move on? Well, like and locusts, we, we like see that locusts. with, you know, HBO. Uh, well, not HBO anymore, Max. Warner, we have Warner, Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah. Very yeah. dumb name. Like, we are seeing entire shows. Disney Plus just cut, you know, half of the shows that have been shooting in Vancouver over the past five years. Just, they're gone, deleted forever. The, the speed at which they're being deleted after being canceled is astounding. Yeah. Like, uh, and I don't, and of the Pink Ladies. That's was, gone. Was canceled and deleted from the platform. It's like you don't even get weeks. to exist anymore. No, no. And what's the, and sorry, for mm -hmm. for, for the un, uninitiated, um, what are we talking about here? And what's the, um, the, why is that bad? Well, so that is that is <laughs> awful because essentially what they're doing is they're going like, if it doesn't make all the money in the world as quickly as possible, then it's no use to us and it can immediately disappear. It's another vein of the same behavior where they are looking at AI and going like, how can we just get a script written by a bot and then- Performed get, by bots. Get a, get a, yeah, get a bot to perform it and then get a bot to edit it and direct it as quickly as possible to get it out, maybe make some money, and if it doesn't make any money, hey, okay, we Pulse, lost, we, we made make it money right away too. Yes, and in that in yeah. that way, by mm -hmm. using that equation, we would never have gotten Breaking Bad. We, never we wouldn't get any Avatar of these shows. The yeah, yeah the, you know? these shows that have like almost the slow every burn. show, almost yeah. every show that became a classic. X Files, Star Trek: The Next Generation, slow first, yeah. even sometimes first couple of seasons. Yeah. That's how shows work. Yeah, is that you need to build an audience. You get the word of mouth out there, and people go like, "Hey, have you watched?" insert show here and then they go no i haven't you're like well it's really great i'm in the second season now but you gotta start like it's good like and even if it's a slow i the amount of times i've said to somebody listen first season's a little slow yep. that's just how first seasons are yeah. they don't have the momentum yet that's right but we are at a point now where it's moving so fast and they're just concerned with immediate 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 profit so they just go and ai if that happens and then it fails Oh, well, we lost some bot licensing fees. Yeah. Boo-hoo. We maybe lost 10 grand tops, maybe a little more, versus, you know, we lost however many million that we've spent on actually employing people to create something memorable, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's stunning, the amount of callousness, but truly, I don't know what we expected otherwise. Yeah. Do you see a danger uh, in people? Not even a danger. Like, do you... Do you a few months ago, it must have been a few months ago, time moves at a different speed right now oh, for yeah. me. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but I noticed that like half of my feed, including people who work in showbiz, uh, had new avatars that were, you know, <laughs> put in their photos <laughs> and then they were like, you know, processed yes. and yeah. AI. And that also made me very Can I, upset, so, even in ways that I mm -hmm. couldn't explain, you know, is there like, why? what is the harm in doing that? Or here, Here's the thing, here's the thing, right? I mean, I, I'll I'll fess up. I admit sometimes those videos, like the AI videos of Trump and Obama and Biden playing Mario Kart and shit talking each other, those are kind of funny yeah. once in a while. Yeah. But then you think about the ramifications of them, mm -hmm. right? Like that's that's harmless on the surface. But what happens when one of these guys who's cloned, say, uh, Joe Biden's voice, says, "Hey, um." I love Russia, Russia's my friend, and that gets on the air somewhere. Yeah. And someone believes and it's played it. as like a behind the scenes. Yeah, or, or they have gotcha. Zelensky saying something that exactly, you know, exactly. would not say. Or, you know, I my if you'll pardon my crassness, I truly believe the instant, the the dead instant we're gonna see 
all sorts of legislation come down on AI. Porn. Is the instant <laughs> someone makes a video of like Trump and Trudeau sucking a donkey dick or something. Like, I don't want to see that. Please no, don't take no that idea, world. That. No. Please don't take that no idea. No one wants to see that. That's why, it will, that's suddenly, why. it will suddenly... It will suddenly like, disappear. Yeah, gone immediately. <laughs> but with those, uh, with those AI profile pictures you're talking about, that is like... Uh, it's dipping a toe into what that world is, right? Mm. It's showing us that, hey, I can get like a fun little profile picture made of me. Ooh, and now I have flowers in my hair. That's cute. Oh, I have hair again for me. Like, that's all very nice. <laughs> but what that does is those are, you're giving consent to companies like Lenza, companies like Canva, to use your images to train their systems. Yeah. Lenza, I believe, a Russian-owned company that I do think, now I might, it's been a while since I looked it up because I was immediately like, I'm not doing this, this seems real sus. Uh, they also, they develop facial recognition software. Weird. Weird how that works. So crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. How do we, I said it at the time when I saw a lot of those AI apps. I was just like, this is, this is like, uh, usual suspects Kaiser Sose levels of like trickery. Yeah. Mm. Is that the best trick they've pulled is instead of like scraping social media, because when we found out about that with Facebook, they lost a lot of stock price and they lost a lot of people on it. Yeah. They were like, what if we develop a fun app? What if it's where cute? Where people will yeah. give us their faces. We don't have to like, and go- And five dollars. Exactly, like if you want to get like the really cool filter, you got to pay. So like we get paid and they they paid us to submit their own facial yeah. recognition profile. So that was the thing that I was immediately like, wait, 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 wait. They've tricked us into giving it to them. Mm -hmm. They don't have to go through like maybe uh, like, a, like a blurry Facebook picture from 10 years ago that's the side of your face. You'll do the whole thing because yeah. you're like, oh, how do I like, no, it doesn't look You're giving bad. a straight up yeah. thirst trap. I've taken, like, oh, or look, their I've... 10 year challenge. Yeah. You know? Oh, I Photo now, yeah, photo yeah. then. Yes. And it's like, oh, well, now yes, we have very the information. Just about... like, well, yeah, now we need to know, hey, those people that we've been looking for that haven't been really seen in a decade or whatever, now we have like machine learning that's been trained on how people age yeah. from various cultural and ethnic groups, various, uh, you know, like uh, denominations. Uh, it's going to be this incredible bank that we've given them. Yeah. Oh so yeah, when that sort of stuff pops up, I'm like, oh, don't do it, don't do it. Absolutely, don't, don't, do, it. don't, don't, don't do, do it. For sure. Don't. Yeah. Um, are you uh, heartened by the conversations that you're having with union representatives or, you know, uh, that you are reading, you know, uh, various unions, you know, you know, around the world, you know, where they are having these conversations? You feeling good about it? I'd um, say yes and no. Yeah, yeah. Let's be diplomatic. About I, it. I think that I think that there are people that uh, I, I think the problem and it's the problem that honestly happens in any kind of organization, especially when some kind of new tech comes along is that a lot of the people who will be in decision-making positions or in you know various uh, administrative positions don't have the information like things move fast yeah right and also there are a lot of people who like working at various unions who are working on a lot of things like they have a lot of plates to spin but i think uh there was a very heartening discussion that was had just recently locally where it was like hey we should put together like a crack team of consultants, people who have a bit of information, but also potentially try to reach out to, and this is going to be the tricky bit, uh, ethical experts mm. on this particular thing. Yeah. Because that's the danger is that like, we get out ahead of it real fast and go like, ha ha, we've closed all the loopholes. We've put in provisions. And then we don't know enough that they go like, oh, well, you didn't quite exactly use the right language. So uh, it turns out, because that's happened in every union across the board. Like if you aren't specific enough or if you're too specific and then they find a mm. bottom around, that's the danger is that like, we get out real real early and go like, ha ha, you can't do this. And then they go like, oh, okay, well, we just, we don't call it that. Or like, there's this other version. Yeah, like, we use like a different word. Like generative versus adaptive. So if you just say like, you can't use AI as like a blanket statement, they might come back and go like, oh, well, like what kind? And then if you don't say the right one, they're like, gotcha. So this is, this is sort of the danger. Uh, it's why I say yes and no, because I yeah. think that, the unions that I've, that I've heard from and talked to, they're aware of it and they are discussing it. They've got teams where, so SAG, UBCP Actra and Equity in the UK are all talking. They have panels of people that are all talking and like discussing mm -hmm. it amongst themselves. 
the fear is is that it's going to be a bit like um, digital music which is that it won't be able to move fast enough and then we might get caught playing catch up. Right. I have a bit more confidence just because there's a lot of young people. Uh, I don't consider myself young, but like I'm immature. But uh, so there's a lot of people yes. who have a lot more information and are a lot more plugged into specific issues. And yeah. I think they're being a lot more vocal. And I think, uh, you know, leadership it would behoove them to start listening to that. Yes. Yeah. Just because there are people who know a little more. It does need to be tempered, you know, because there are people, I've heard a lot of discussions from from folks in town and, and outside town who are just like, this is the end if we don't do something. And I'm like, it's not the end if we don't do something, but it's going to be damaging. It's going to be damaging either way, unfortunately. I think we're mostly protected from the bulk of what we do in the union, which is that we work for big companies for the most part. They can't just go buck wild and use our stuff like the people on Uberduck. I think what we're facing initially is going to be that that will happen so much that then everybody just goes like, ah, it just happens. Like, we, we give up. We, we can't afford to surrender. Life. I mean, I, I might say that I, I generally agree with what Bill's saying. My concern is there's a lot of people who've made a lot of money already. Mm. And, oh, sure, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, if they can scrape a couple extra pennies off of licensing their image to fucking Arby's or whatever, then they're happy to do it. Yeah. And I, I, to Bill's point, there are a lot of young people, a lot of younger activists. There are people in the States under NAVA uh, who are outstanding and who are on the forefront of this. And I cannot reiterate enough I would encourage union leadership to listen to these people. Yeah. That's just it. Like it's going to come down to the bulk of the members because there are going to be the big people at the top who are just like, well, let's not be fine. too hasty. Whatever. Yeah. Let's find out how this can benefit us. Mm -hmm. It only really benefits you. It's yeah. not going to benefit the majority of the membership and we need to know that and we need to speak very plainly to various you know board members and stuff like that yeah. and say like hey listen this is a concern and if it's not really taken seriously well we can all vote so we need people to listen or we need new people um, in charge people in yeah. charge who will listen because again yeah it's it's really coming down to there are going to be people who either don't know or know but can get some advantage out yeah. of it but for the most people it's like no 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 no, yes, yeah. this, this does not help any of us. Yeah. Well, like, like I, I, I'm a member of SAG. I just got an email literally yesterday asking, you know, they are looking at a strike. A strike is likely to happen. Yeah. They are asking the membership what people are willing to do, what people are willing to volunteer their time as. They're getting volunteers for strike captaining. Like, this is likely to happen. Yeah, probably next week. We're recording on July 7th. I think they were talking yeah, about... Yeah, when does this go up? <laughs> uh, very soon. Very okay. soon. Around yeah. the time where a potential strike would start right. next week. And yeah. I, I truly think that, you know, because the AMPTP has said to SAG, to the WGA, the WGA specifically, because they're the ones whose negotiations are out in the open, mm -hmm. that they're willing to go to Canada, they're willing to go to Australia, they're willing to go to South Korea. We're already starting to see that with South Korea because of a pushback from the South Korean industry because the dude that made Squid Games got paid, you know, rights for the show and then nothing else. Yeah. And the show made Netflix nine a $9 billion company. Yeah. Like, he should be living large. He should be. Mm -hmm. I think he said yeah. he got $1 million. Again, yeah. a lot of money. Sure. But when it's $1 million for a show that then went on to make billions yeah. with a B, that's egregious. And That's especially in today's market, disgusting. what is a yeah. million dollars but half a condo here? That's the, like, other, thing. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, especially, you know, where we live, you go like a million dollars, you'd be like, also still not a house. Yeah. No, Got it. no. Got it. Like maybe, maybe an apartment, mm. maybe in a bad part of town. Like there are, there are so many things that are on that are on the forefront of discussion right now yeah. that I think are going to define the industry for the rest of forever. Yeah. I don't think it's doom and gloom necessarily, but I do think that certain provisions can be taken to make it even less doom and gloom. Mm. So the, the time is now to have these conversations. It, it definitely it's very is. much and so. I think I think the other thing is that we can we can put provisions uh, all all we want and we should. Mm -hmm. Legislation. Legislation. Because the, the the analog I can think of is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Yes. Like, 
when the internet started becoming a big thing, so around 2000, it had been around for about, well, technically like 30 years, but in the public sphere. So like so like five years maybe in the five public Five years in the yeah. public sphere. In the yeah. public sphere, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So five, 10 years tops. Yeah. That's yeah. when it was like, it, like web browsers were becoming a thing as opposed to just like Usenet groups and things like that. So it started to become something where people could just post pictures of stuff that they had found. And people, rightly so, were like, oh, that's mine. You, you can't just do that. And yeah. they were like, well, pff, yes, I can. It's this new thing. So there was a, a little period of just like, oh, holy crap. Like, it's a free-for-all on the internet. So the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which is still used broadly and vastly today, came in and made it illegal for you to do that. Mm -hmm. You could very easily just say like, uh, hey, that's my video. Now, look, there are trolls and people who sure, you, sure, sure. you misuse it. But it's legislation that has kept people's work safe, safe, I say, online, uh, in that you have that. You just have something you can say like, you're not allowed to do that. And here's the thing that says you're not. And companies that like will host that work, they have to abide by that. They yeah. have to go like, oh, well, because part of the act is like, if you host it, you're in trouble too. Yeah. So we need to have something like that for AI that basically puts protections in for people, not just performers. Like they want to do it because it's easy to start making money off it. But what is eventually going to happen is that they can start doing that to anybody anywhere. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, okay, well, it's not necessarily to make money, but it could be more nefarious. Like... Uh, various like uh, facial recognition deep software, fakes deep or, fakes, yeah. things like that. So it behooves everybody to be protected by this, but we are the canary in the coal mine. We yeah. are going to be, you know, at various portions of the industry. So right now it's happening to voice. It's happening to voice right now. It's going to start happening for like, you know, face replacement. I've seen a few videos on TikTok where it's just like, hey, we've got this scene and like scan your face. Yeah, yeah. And now you're in the scene. I should say on that exact note, it behooves us as voice actors, as the people who are out there, because, you know, so much of our job has become promotion. You know, there there is no budget for promotion on a lot of shows. Mm. And, you know, as actors, we're always trying to stay kind of in the purview of the, the people who make the decisions. I've seen a lot of actors out there use that exact software to make their face in a Willem Dafoe or whatever, and it's scanning their faces. It's like replicating their performances. Be aware of what you're using, man. Like, if you want to do that on TikTok, go nuts. That's mm. your prerogative. That's your thing. But be aware of what it is you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I saw people talking about in, I say, the early days of this discussion. It was really only about five yeah. months ago. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Last five, year. Five or six Eons ago. ago. One of the, the meetings. You are a had. history major. I know. You know. I know. Uh, history, history is happening too fast. Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up. So we we were having the discussion and there was talk of uh, public figures in voice work, both union and non-union, who were talking about like, hey, like maybe we should like get out ahead and license this. And I, I, I used the phrase, which I still use today because it's still appropriate, where I've never seen a group of people uh, so quickly and willfully sharpen the axe for their own necks. Yeah. yeah. In When it's people going like, oh, but it's a great tool that we can use. It's the myth of passive income. It's the myth that people yeah. get told. Passive income is always someone else's income. Yeah. It's not, it's not, there's no such thing as passive income. You getting money for nothing you did means that it's money coming from someone else or somewhere else. Yeah. And so that is the problem with, you know, licensing the AI going like, oh yeah, you'll cut me a check. I guess I just have to trust you now that you'll cut me a check for yeah. however long. And then you're going to argue later. Uh, it's a little played out, so we don't use you anymore at all, ever. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, where'd do, all my money go? Oh, but I can yeah. do different stuff. I can do different characters. But uh, no, that's all right. We've got another AI voice uh, program that we've already plugged in and uh, trained up. So we don't need you to do that. So yeah, it's, it's a big discussion. It's a big discussion. And I think, yeah, we're, we are having the discussions um, in our various, you know, like labor movements. And I think that it's important that we all get ahead of it yeah. as best as we can. Like we're trying to sort of put provisions in, trying to say like, absolutely not, you're not doing this. But at the end of the day, I think the gold standard is going to have to be legislation. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. And that's something that our unions are doing as well. They are lobbying governments around the world talking about how this is not just an entertainment thing, this is an everybody thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of everybody, I want to talk specifically, we're, we're 
appreciated this discussion today. We're bringing it to a close uh, because I feel like this will end up being a multi-part series. And um, <laughs> I bet because there's a lot. Like we're gonna mm -hmm. follow this as history is being yeah. made. Um, but what about what about the the audiences, the viewers, the end users? Um, if if they have listened today, people who aren't in the industry yeah. but enjoy the work of the industry, they're you know they're listening today and they are as horrified as I am uh, by by what they are seeing uh, and hearing um, and the uncanny valley of it all. Uh, what are, what do you think are some calls to action? You know that that they can take to to help kind of nip this in the bud? I would say that, you know, kind of as we've been saying throughout, people notice, people yeah. are aware. It, we're already seeing a lot of these calls to action happen. When the Secret Invasion, you know, series dropped, immediately there was an outcry. Oh, this is AI, this is bullshit. Wonderful, we love that. The instant we saw Luke Skywalker come out in Mandalorian and it's not, you know, Mark Hamill, I mean, it is Mark Hamill's voice, but it's Mark Hamill's voice through an algorithm. People were like, no, that's bullshit. We don't want this. We're starting to see that sort of reaction, which is outstanding. Yeah. What I would encourage people to do is not only remain vigilant, but remain uh, implacable in the face of it. Okay. Don't be willing to settle for good enough. Because it's very, very easy to settle for good enough if you're really invested in seeing what I don't know, fucking Han Solo does next. I know he's dead now, but it doesn't matter. Like, it gets very, very easy to get implacable. It, it gets very, very easy to get, uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Complacent. Complacent, thank you. Teamwork. To get com we, we got there. Teamwork makes the Humans, dream work. Humans, man, yeah. we love it. <laughs> a thing a human would say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really easy to get it's complacent. What's you by GPT4. <laughs> It gets really, really easy to get complacent when all you want is just like good enough entertainment. Demand more. Yeah. You have the you have the ability to demand more. Spider-Verse. Uh really any A24 release. Yeah. <laughs> like there is incredibly One, good content 100%, out there. And it's it's the like it, speak up. Absolutely keep yes. speaking up. And yet yeah, demand more. Because yeah. the danger also, uh we didn't talk about it, but the danger is is that like we have choices as you know, uh, enjoyers of artwork. We, yes. we pay with our wallet. Uh, we vote with our wallets on what we want and what we don't want. The danger is, is that if people are complacent and settle, eventually there won't be a choice for. Yeah. Like you can't find the niche thing because that industry's gone. It's dead. Yeah. Like you know, if suddenly weird little things, uh, like cool animations by people that really care, like Spider Verse that goes away and then you don't have a choice except you know a hundred secret invasions that are all you know like made by a weird like melty lens yeah secret robot. invasion three produced by chat gpt yeah like yeah. if you don't have a choice that's when it's like well it's probably a little too late now to maybe go back yeah. Yeah. so keep speaking up but also reach out help do the work that we're trying to do reach out to various yeah. people reach out to studios if you can they're probably going to ignore it Reach out to your legislators. Yeah. Reach out to people in government who are part of like the arts council, the, you know, the, yeah. the, the cabinet members that work on that. Yeah. Reach out to them and say, it is so important and vital for your industry and your country that this doesn't become the norm. Yeah. Because at, at, at the very base level, you can say like, hey, look, we all vote and we don't want to vote for people that aren't interested in protecting that. But also the money that you get yeah so like here the you know the government gets a lot of money from what is made here for global audiences yeah if we get to a stage where ai is replacing so many of us that you know the industry here like knock for mica that it doesn't happen if but if anything starts to crumble that is a lot of money that goes away yeah, yeah. so it is in their best interest to help us so reach out to the people if you can who make those decisions but yes, stay vigilant, don't get complacent, and get mad about it yeah. online. Be informed, be informed, be angry. Like, this is not... Uh... <laughs> don't go quietly into that no. good night. Respectability has done bullshit for everybody, mm -hmm. you know? There's nothing that can be done. There's, there's no social movement that has been gained through respectability. And I'll just be quiet and good and yeah. things will happen. Surely if I'm just quiet and vote, everything will be fine. Bullshit. Not I mean, possible. 
I don't think any of us would be voting between being uh, uh, immigrants or people of color or woman. Well, you, <laughs> you know, know, you know, it would have just been one kind of person. <laughs> Thank who God would we're be, not in Florida. Yeah, yeah, where they are rolling back mm -hmm. these yeah. protections. Um, yeah. Thank you both for Thank you. being Thank you here very much. today. Uh, Bill Newton, Jesse Unocalia, where can our fans find you, follow you, keep up to date on this issue oh, on right. social media? <laughs> I'm uh, Neil Newton. Yes, on, you are. On anything that I'm on. So I don't know which platforms will still exist <laughs> by the time this comes out. But if, I, if there is one I'm on, that's who I am on there. Similarly, I am at Jinocalia, J-I-N-O-C-A-L-L-A, -L -L -A, on everything. Even Twitch, don't follow me on Twitch. I don't use it. You're going to be wasting a sub. <laughs> um, I just got on threads. I don't fucking know. I'm just there to save my username. We'll see if I keep with it. I don't it's, know. It, it's a little, it's like Twitter is a little too dark, Like, it, but threads is a little too joyful. Mm. You know? Like I, <laughs> I, I don't just, trust it. Yeah. Okay. Every time there's a new platform, that's immediately the vibe. I'm like, this is a little too. I just like, like Hive. Let's just go back to Hive. It's great over here. Mm. Hive was good, but Hive didn't it not ex It doesn't it, exist no, now, no, right? No, it's, it's back. back. Hive it, just it went crashed. down for two weeks. And that's all it took. Yeah. It lost oh. the momentum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Things really, things really Move change. Too fast. Very things move too fast. Get moves, mad. Tech moves too fast. <laughs> We're telling you. And to listeners, I do promise, uh, despite the fact that I've released more than 275 episodes of this here podcast, thank you very much, um, I will not be allowing my voice to be scraped. And so there will be no... Uh, chat gpt version or ai version uh, of this here podcast i would say just as a final call to action in this thought um speaking to any fans who might be listening because i know you guys mean well generally you know you guys genuinely love the stuff that i'm a part of that bill's a part of that people like jennifer hale are a part of if you really love that material respect what we're doing mm. respect our voices, respect our opinions. Like, you don't got to agree with them. But if me or Bill say, hey, we, you know, we love being a part of these projects. We really don't want our voices scraped for, you know, your fanfic. It's not against you. It's nothing personal. It's just we don't want that out there. And that's nothing personal. It's purely just respect us respect the craft, respect the industry, and let us help to create more stuff that you're gonna love. Yeah. If, if you like what we do and you wanna hear more, and so you, you decide that you wanna make some kind of project with us in it, instead of that, watch the thing again that we're in, play the game that we're in again, sure. like consume or buy more of what we do, because that will mean that we will be back and you'll hear more of us. Yeah. And if you hate us, work on a voice match. Yeah. Voice match one of us. Come for me, motherfucker. <laughs> Call to action. Come for me, motherfucker. <laughs> Thank you both. This conversation was incredibly valuable. So Thank valuable you. that Thank I'm you. sure that there's somebody in a corporate office somewhere that's like, how can we make money from this conversation? Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. We're going to scrape all our voices from it. Absolutely. All right, listeners, thank you for being here today. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can keep having, dare I say, a rad conversation like the one that we had today. You can find us at ybrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and Threads <laughs> and- Blue Sky, I, you on Blue Sky? Yeah. No, I'm, I, I put in a request. I'm waiting for code. But I'm not like a, yeah. yeah. Not, I'm not the cool kids. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not cool yet. But anyway, at Wyvern Screen Scene at Sabrina. The Wyvern Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Mera Firminger, and it's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for putting our Patreon ad, to Paul Firminger for technical support, except you took the microphone cord from the third mic, and so these guys have to share a I mic today, Paul. Say it, that is not technical support, that is the opposite. And to Dane, not Furminger Devilay for the original music. But you know what, Dane? You are more of a Furminger to me than Paul is, frankly, right now. Wire Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Yeah, I said it. 
Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hey filmmakers, did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced, and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.